Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Well, hey, hello there. How are you? And welcome to Harlem America. My guest today is a magnificent uh, young lady. I've known her for many, many years. I just want to welcome all the people who are listening in Harlem and, and outside of Harlem, around the rest of the country, and also uh, in other countries. Our guest today, Ms. Vi Higginson, is an American theater producer, playwright, former disc jockey, radio TV personality. She's the founder and executive director of the Mama Foundation for the Arts and the co-writer of the 1983 musical, Mama, I Want to Sing, the longest running black off-Broadway musical in American history. And she's a dear friend of mine and colleague, and I want you to put your hands together and let's welcome on Facebook and Instagram, Miss Vi Higginson. <laughs> hey now, G. Keith Alexander. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for uh, making the time to be with us today. Uh, there's so much I want to talk to you about. I mean, I've known you for so long, but there's things about you that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that have come to uh, know you from radio and television or from coming to your, your plays, uh, they would like to know more about you as well. So uh, let us talk to those folks. Let, let us fill those folks in. And let's start. Let's go. Let's take the, is there anything you'd like to say before we get started? Well, I'm just very proud of you, and I'm glad that you're a neighbor, and Harlem is where it is. I, it's the mecca of music and entertainment and talent. So Harlem, you know, our family's been on this block, the same block, for almost 100 years. So you know how I feel about Harlem. Oh, yes. I know how. You, and I know you walk up and down the street and people recognize you. Hi, Mama Vi. Hi, Vi. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so, so I, I and that when we hand. walk together, they say, hi, G. Keith. <laughs> hi, Mama Vi. <laughs> yes. And that's always a treat. That, that's always a treat. So why don't we take the way back machine, you and mm -hmm. I, and we start at uh, your childhood here in Harlem, what was it like? Oh, Harlem. I, my memories of Harlem include a block on either side with the famous brownstones. This is before the state office building. It was a black middle-class neighborhood where people owned their own homes and everybody was safe and everybody looked out for each other. So there was a PAL across the street. So the kids had things to do. And so I always felt safe until, until the gangsters and the mafia came to Harlem when they brought the drugs and then Harlem shamed it. People started running away because they were scared. But Harlem was a beautiful neighborhood with great um, architecture and it was friendly and it was a wonderful neighborhood. And I especially like being on this street because we're just walking distance from a destination from the Apollo Theater 
Sylvia's restaurant, and then the radio station was on the corner of 126th <laughs> Street and Lenox Avenue. So this was home. This is Harlem. Well, so now you mentioned uh, Harlem has come a long way since then, but you've mentioned the radio station on the corner. Now, we know that that radio station uh, started out as a, a little a little small radio station and became known all over the world. And that radio station is WBLS. That's right. <laughs> and it was but the first, uh, uh-huh. it was WLIB. It was an AM radio station that everybody loved and everybody listened to. But then FM came in and that's when it became. Well, it was an AM FM, WLIB AM, WLIB FM. That's right. Yeah. And I was the first one that Frankie hired as it was transitioning from WLIB WLIB FM to to WBLS. And that's when you were coming in the transition. How did you get to WBLS? You're the first person I've met when I went to WLIB FM. I remember you. And so that's how we remained friends all these years. Um, Yeah. How did I get there? Uh, I went to a broadcasting school. I wanted to do um, little bits about fashion and beauty. And I thought that was missing in our community. And I went to Frankie Crocker, who was the program director, and he was on the air. And I sat there for four hours (laughs) until he came out. And I said, hey, look, I got a tape and I'd like to do these things for black women. So he went inside and played the tape. And when he came out, he said, I, I want to hire you as a, a, a radio personality. And I said, no, I don't know how to do that. So he called the boss. And then the boss called me and said, look, we got this new radio station. Frankie Crocker likes the sound of your voice and he wants to put you on the air and we'll pay you $125 and you'll work six days a week, four hours a day. Uh, I said, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) But then my sister said, I told my sister, I will always credit her for this. I said, you know, they try to offer me a job. I said, I don't know how to do that. She said, girl, you better take that job. If you don't like it, you can always quit. And I always loved her for that. And Was that's that your what we did. Sister Joyce? My sister Joyce Higginson Davis. Yeah. Yes. Wow. She's a wonderful woman. Now, let me ask you. Okay. So, what was it like being the first woman in primetime radio in New York City? Y'all wore me out. <laughs> <laughs> It was a man's world. There's no question about it. And so you had to kind of navigate your way through a lot of uh, egos and and nicenesses, a lot of kindness. And there was a lot of help. You know, uh, I had an um, engineer. He said, I'm going to show you what to do. So and I, I Mark Callaman, I always give him credit. For oh, that. Mark. Yes, I remember yeah. him. <clears throat> Yeah. Now, okay. So, so, so during that time, you're learning to be a radio personality. In fact, back then they called us DJs. Uh, the radio personality hadn't hadn't evolved into the lexicon yet. But uh, what was it like? Now you walk. You're 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 on the. Uh, I think you were on middays, and you had the vibes, but good vibrations. Uh, <laughs> Vibrations what? for New York. Yeah, there you go. So what was it like now? You, you're becoming this radio 
personality uh, and uh, you are walking around town and especially around Harlem, uh, this new fame that was coming to you. What was that like? You know, Keith, in the beginning, I was really scared because there was nobody to look to as an example. So as a woman, so we had to find your way. And I, what I was scared was that maybe people wouldn't like having a woman on the air. Uh, but as I got used to it and people thought it was kind of a novelty and I would come in and I'd had a vase and I'd bring a rose every day and I'd turn the lights down and we'd set the stage and we set the mood. And then I felt like it was magic because here you are sitting in this little room with a rose and an engineer and you end up in somebody's living room or bathroom or car. It was like, wow, look at this. It was kind of magical. Yeah. And then when um, it was just a different time and when you came outside and people know your name, you know, um, Frankie Crocker used to do these things at the Apollo Theater. Remember? Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. then we had to go and I was really scared because, you know, the <laughs> Apollo would boo you off. So but when I came on the stage, one of my fondest memory, there was thunderous applause. And I just relaxed from there. I said, OK, I guess it's going to be all right. So it's a wonderful feeling, you know, to communicate the kind of conversation, motivation. It was intelligent radio. And we were able to have a conversation with people. Well, you know, you, you have a little, um, if we get very briefly, you have a little uh, Apollo theater in your blood because your sister, Doris Troy, appeared at the Apollo theater and she had a big hit. T tell us a little bit about that. You know, that's also part of the Harlem legacy, you see, because the Apollo was there. And that's the story of Mama, I Want to Sing. My oldest sister's. Doris Troy. My father died when I was very young and she was rebellious. She didn't want to sing in the church anymore. So she went down to the Apollo and that's where she became an usherette. And she saw Lena Horne and Dinah Washington and all the greats and Sarah Vaughn. She wanted to be like them. So she auditioned for amateur night and won and that's how she started her career. And that's the story we tell in Mama, I Want to Sing. And her, she her, said her to her hit. mother, yeah, her big hit was Just One Look. And she wrote and sang that song. And that took her all over the United States, Europe and Japan. That hit and, song. And your mother didn't want her to perform. So she said to her mother, Mama, I want to sing. <laughs> and so that's what ha that's the true story that's exactly what happened so now all right so we, we're talking about mama i want to sing but mama i want to sing how did you get that that kernel of an idea to say well wait a minute let me make this into a, a production yeah. Well, you know, there's been some bumps in the road, you know, some losses and some wins. You know, that song says, um, I've had some good days. <laughs> I got a testimony, you know. So 
I had a magazine, said Unique New York magazine, of which you were on the cover. I was on the cover of you. I have a copy of it right here, uh, oh. hanging up, uh, hanging up on the wall. I yes. love it. And so that unexpectedly had to close because we lost some of our key personnel. And so I went on a television show, as a matter of fact, on Channel 5, Midday Live. Oh, with Bill Box? It was with Bill Box? Bill Box. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. And Gwen Barrett was the producer. Right. And the show was about being single. So I was talking about how I like being single and, you know, that no one man could satisfy all the various component parts of my being. And so I had different men for different reasons. You know, if I want to go bicycle riding, if I want to talk finance, whatever. That's I did, hey, wait, 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 wait. I, I didn't know you were a player player back in those days. No, no, you were the player. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. I'm the church girl. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> yeah. So hey, that's, that's how it's happened. So the man on that show was the author of a book called Flying Solo. And um, he was talking about the importance of being single because that's a time to find yourself spiritually and you have to fly solo before you can take a co-pilot. Well, uh, you know, at the end of the show, we had a walk back downtown and that person from that show became my husband, my partner and the father of my child. And when I met him, we were talking about, um, you know, who are you, where are you from, how you do? And I told him the story of my sister Doris Troy. And I told him the story of the radio station and how our life has always been full of music. You had music from the church. You had music from the club. It was jazz. You had music from the Apollo. It was R&B. You had music from the street corners. And that was Dua. So we talked about music. And then he said, man, that's a good story. I think we should write that down. I said, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I'll help you. And that's how the partnership began. I see. I see. Well, that's wonderful. Ken Wydro. Ken Wydro. And he was a a, a speaker. Yeah, Uh, he was a professional speaker to corporations. He'd go in and teach them to think on your feet, the art of thinking and speaking under pressure. He had productivity under pressure. He's written several books. And so he had a, a degree from Berkeley University mm-hmm. in theater. So that's mm-hmm. how I ended up in theater. I see. I see. So we've got about two and a half minutes. And I just want to briefly uh, remind the, the public that if they haven't seen Mama, I Want to Sing, the next time there's a production, go see it. I, at one time, was a member of the cast, yes, along, you with, along with some other people, some famous, name a couple of the famous people that uh, came out of the cast. Well, every radio personality. DJ was in the show. So you were in the play, show. Uh, Gary Bird was in it, Bob Law, you know, Pat Prescott, and uh, some of the other famous people include Dar- 
Um, well, Doris Troy was in the show. Randy Higginson was in the show. Uh, Shaka Khan was in the show. Shirley Caesar was in the show. So Regina Bell was in the show. <laughs> so we had a lot of people who said, Mama, I want to sing. Incredible. Uh, and I just want to let those folks who are uh, listening uh, outside of New York and they're listening in other cities and other countries, I just want to let you know that you are welcome to the neighborhood here in Harlem, America. We welcome everybody. So thank you so very, very much for listening. And I do want to remind uh, uh, folks that Vi has some other productions uh, coming up and we'll be talking about that. I think something's happening in December and uh, we'll be mentioning that in just a short bit. Also, uh, while we are on the um, situation of, I wanna remind folks that uh, the Greater Harlem Chamber of Commerce, they have a GoFundMe page where they are uh, collecting uh, funds to help feed the needy here in Harlem, senior citizens and uh, folks uh, without food at the food banks. So I just wanted to remind you that this is What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander and the lovely, talented Vi Higginson. We'll be right back after this. Harlem, Harlem America. Harlem. Harlem is my tech. Where Chase is advancing Black Pathways. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, back to the show. We've got Pi Higginson with us. And if you'd like to call in, you heard the phone number. Uh, I'll give it to you again. If you'd like to call in and say hi to Mama Vi or comment about uh, one of the productions you, you've witnessed, uh, uh, or just say hello and tell me how much you love Harlem, the number is 866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788, toll free. And... <clears throat> I want to remind you also, you can subscribe to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, just to name a few. So, Ms. Vi, mm -hmm. we are back, and um, 
Let's talk about <clears throat> some of the other productions you, you've had in the past that will probably be coming back uh, any, sometime soon. Let me tell you something. <laughs> we, started, we started really like doing this. So we did Mama One, Sing Mama Two, Born to Sing. So that became a trilogy. Then we did Let the Music Play Gospel. We did a show. We did 17 shows since 17? Mama, I want to sing. Yeah. But let me tell you about the one. I, I, I love all of them, you know, because we just have so much talent in our community. And I feel responsible for providing a platform for them to express their talent, both on stage and off stage. And so uh, the show that we did most recently that was seen on CBS 60 Minutes was uh, a live 55 plus and kicking. Tell us about oh, that. Oh, I love that show because what Me it too. does is it talks about what happens to the life of a person who wanted to sing and their dream was deferred. So like, for example, uh, they something happened in their life that deterred them for doing what their dream was. So Alive and Kicking gives them a second chance of doing what they always wanted to do. But they're now over 55. So in a society like we live in, it people seem to dismiss people after a certain age as being unimportant or untalented without wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So we put them on the stage so they can show the younger people the sound of the human voice, that they can show what the voice can do from that generation. And so they can tell the audience it's the life lessons that they learn on the journey and what music propelled them all the way through. Well, honey, they tear that stage up. They're singing it like it's their last breath. And I love that show because it tells us who we are and where we come from musically. Well, very briefly, you had one guy, remember, had been in jail for 12, 13 years or something. He never got a chance to sing. But when he came out, he had such a voice that you gave him this opportunity to be a part of a production. And then there was another guy who was a, a maintenance man uh, most of his life. And he was in his 80s or something. And yes. he came out and, you, and he had a voice. I mean, this Baby. guy had a voice. And uh, you gave him an opportunity. Uh, all of this has gotten you to, as you mentioned, 60 Minutes. But you've been on 60 Minutes three times. <laughs> Tell us, how did Vi Hansen, the my my friend, the, the my baby sister, the, the woman I've worked with in radio, get on 60 Minutes three times? <laughs> oh, that's a good story. Thank you for that question because, you know, uh, 60 Minutes was always my favorite show because that's the pinnacle of journalism. It doesn't get better than that to me. You can tune in and you can find out everything you know in a concise and it's up to date and you can say, I didn't know that, that. So anyway, um, what happened was I, I did my DNA and my, I, that's part of my hobby. I wanted to find out like 
how did I get here? Who am I? What do I look like? And they told us that we were Native Americans. So I went in search for my Native American history, but didn't find any Native American. I found all these Europeans. And so I went and I visited them with a camera crew. And then I told a friend of mine, and it ended up in the New York Times. And they saw this black woman from Harlem who was related to this white cattle rancher in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, hmm. and how we came together as we share a common ancestor. And so 60 Minutes saw it, and they asked if we would be on. So that's how it happened. It became a big story that was years ago before all of this. And it was on the Today Show, the, the 6 o'clock news, Oprah Winfrey, 60 Minutes, telling the story of DNA and how we somehow are all interrelated. It's only one race, the human race, bottom That's line. It. We're all kind of mixed up. That's it. So that was number two. What was the third? No, time? that was number one. Yeah, okay. That so was number when one. they came, they saw what we were doing here in Harlem with the music and the kids. And they told that story in the first one. And then many years later, they came back and they were seeing all the concerts and the events. And they just fell in love with the kids. So that's how we, they did the second one. And that was pretty amazing because now you get to see young people differently than you normally see them in body bags or doing something wrong. These are some of our good kids and all they want to do is sing and, you know, and become better people. So that was the second one. And then the third one, they came and saw a live 55 plus and kissing. It says kissing. Kicking. <laughs> kick it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Kissing. How do you like that? Anyway, so that, kick it. And they saw that. And they, so that was the story of the older adults. Mm -hmm. So you get to see black people in real life. So that's what I like telling stories, um, musicals. That's what we do. Africa, original African American musical theater. That's what we do. That's what we're known for. And, and, and you're known all over the world. You've, been, you've taken your, your uh, tours to Japan and, and what else? London and where else? We played on the West End of London with Chaka, Ka, uh, Chaka Khan singing Sister Carrie. Yes, she taught that up. She was wonderful. <laughs> She's such a natural actress, you know, and her vocals were insane. So, yeah, we six months on the West End in London, we broke all records. Uh, more black people came to see that show on the West End than ever. Uh, but we went to Germany and Switzerland, Yugoslavia, Istanbul, Turkey, Greece, uh, just to name a few. And. We've been going to Japan two to three times a year since 1988. So we introduce the Japanese audience to gospel music. And now they have gospel schools all over Japan. Well, there are folks in Japan, according to our analytics, who listen to What's Hot Harlem America with yes. G. Keith Alexander. So if you'd like to say hello to them, please do. 
I want to say hello to Japan. It feels like a second home and how much they loved and appreciated and celebrated the music. I want to say a special hello to Reiko Yukawa-san, who is a, an amazing human being in, in Japan and a music critic who first saw us here in Harlem. And then she wrote all about us. And that's how we were introduced to the Japanese audience. Fantastic. And I don't want to leave folks out. So hello to France. Hello to Germany. Hello to Ireland. Oh, yeah. Hello yeah. to Canada. Hello yes. to China. All those folks listen Not to China. Harlem America. Oh, China is listening to you. That's right. All That's right. right. Go ahead, Dan. That's right. Hello. Uh, so now you've got this wonderful presence in Harlem, but your presence now has evolved or expanded, I should say. You're, you're, you have another uh, uh, family member, your, your, your lovely and talented daughter, Amaya Noel. Tell us about her. Uh, you know, they said that I probably wouldn't have any children and then here she was. So I see her as my miracle child. And she has a five octave range, which is insane and very rare. And so therefore, she had the same notes as Desiree Coleman Jackson when she was born. So like, how do you how does that happen? So she's the current star of Mama, I want to sing. And she's traveled all over Europe and the Japan singing as well. And I'm just so incredibly proud of her because she runs the Mama Foundation for the Arts and all of the singing and the teaching and the programming. So that's Noelle Higginson Wydra, Amaya Noelle. Yeah. Well, she's a big star, especially here in Harlem. I mean, you know, <laughs> folks see her at all these uh, various uh, uh, events and presentations that you guys give. In fact, I was amazed uh, the first time I saw you guys performing inside of Whole Foods. Wow. <laughs> how, did, how did Whole Foods get you? Whole Foods here in Harlem, for those who don't know, I mean, uh, for those folks out of Harlem, Whole Foods is on 125th Street and Lenox Avenue. And... Uh, it to walk in sometimes and see the 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 part of your choir your your gospel group in there singing while people are shopping is really a wonderful <laughs> experience. Oh yeah, let me tell you this is a good story because we have Mama's One Sauce for all foods at Whole Foods. So we go in and we sing and tell people out our Mama's One Sauce. You can savor the flavor. Oh, That's what, delicious. And it's a Harlem. It's a little bit of Harlem in a bottle because we lived in a rooming house and there were people who came from all over to rent a room. So there are people who came from the South, people who came from the Caribbean, they came from East India. And in Brownstone, there's only one kitchen. So they wanted to cook their recipes. So when I came home from school, the house would be full of all of these aromas and smells and spices and tastes. And so I created, along with my partners, this sauce in memory of my mother and, and this brownstone so that we could share that recipe with the world. And then Whole Foods picked it up and now we're in 48 Whole Foods and portion of the proceeds go back to the Mama Foundation so that we can keep the program free 
for Fantastic. the young people who attend and want to learn about their musical self and musical roots. So then we should give our good neighbor Whole Foods a big round of applause oh, yeah. for, for being so supportive and allowing uh, their uh, uh, shelves to have Mama One Sauce so that you can support the kids whose lives you're changing. I love it. I love uh, all of them who were there. Lucia was there. I remember and Lucia. Mr. Young, who's the head of everything, Damon Young. Damon. Um, and they have welcomed us, and we share our talent with them. And we're really grateful. It's a local Harlem vendors program. And that's how I got involved back in 19, 2017. Wow. That is great. It's now, good, too. It's good. <laughs> oh, you yeah, put it on everything. That's what and I And you do. know what, G. Keith? Yes. It's going to be in People Magazine in December as the great gift for Christmas. Oh, really? And it's been endorsed by Marcus Samuelson from Red <laughs> Rooster. Oh, no, hey, that's, that's fantastic. That this that, is that a is great. great gift. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right. Now, let me ask you, how have you been uh, dealing with uh, staying at home? Uh, you know, I'm on a stay my ass at home protocol. Stay uh, my ass at home. <laughs> uh, how, how, in fact, uh, so much so that I chipped my tooth the uh, the other month and, and, I, and I'm afraid to go to the dentist to get my tooth fixed. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting until, uh, you know, things calm down or people get vaccinated or whatever the case may be. So I can go and get my, my chip tooth fixed. But anyway, how are you dealing with uh, this? Yeah, it's funny you should mention that. I, I had to go to a dentist for an emergency and he was in hazard gear from head to toe. <laughs> he looked like an astronaut. <laughs> Everything was covered. Well, thanks so, for telling me. <laughs> I give you his number because oh, he good. was decked out, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. gee. So, so uh, wow, that's great. I've been dealing with, you know, it's it's not... It's not easy, especially now. We thought that we had it under control. When we went through that fourth quarter, they said to open up. You can go back in your offices now. And then two days ago, they closed up the, the, the schools. And now the question is, what do we do? Uh, so do we just shut down? Do we try to push forward or what? But we've been doing things virtually. Um, so we, our classes have continued. We did some in person, uh, in person, mm -hmm. and then some we did virtually. Um, and so we have a big gala. Now we also been doing live streaming as well. So we do once a month, we do sing Harlem mm -hmm. live mm -hmm. from the Brownstone and it's three o'clock on the first Sunday. Mm -hmm. of every month. So we did two episodes already, and we're going to do a third one coming up on December 6th, Sunday, December 6th. So you want to tune into that because it feels so good to have live music. So we are socially distant. We got everybody all set up and the music comes straight out of Harlem. Fantastic. Well, before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, you guys were in the Red Rooster every Sunday down at uh, Jenny's uh, performing down there. And the, the tourist crowds were jam-packed in there. 
Yes. We had a residency there, and we still do. We were playing there up until like, outdoors, and then it got cold. So we, you know, we'll probably go back. But it was amazing to have people from all over the world to come and celebrate the music. Because Harlem is about good food and good music. So that we were glad to be there as part of that. Well, we've got, <clears throat> excuse me, less than two minutes before we go to break, and we'll come back and talk about some some other highlights in your life. But I just want to say that uh, I want to say hi to uh, the listeners here in Harlem and uh, to my brothers and sisters around the country who listen to Harlem America, as well as uh, those in other countries. Remember, Harlem America is a community. It's a destination. And it's a state of mind for those people who, who have come here before and, and, and have experienced the, 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 the richness and the culture of Harlem and wherever they are around the world. I'm sure they're thinking about coming back to Harlem or thinking about what they uh, uh, experienced. So welcome to Harlem, America. You're in the neighborhood. I'm G. Keith Alexander with What's Hot Harlem, America, and we'll be right back with more of Vi Higginson and her life story <laughs> and much more. I'm G. Keith Alexander. Don't go away. Thank you. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem, America. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. You're listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out, check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, we're back to the show, but I understand people on... Uh Facebook Live, they can't hear us, and I don't know why. This is my first time doing this, and it's, it doesn't say it's muted or anything. I hope you folks on Instagram can, can hear us. And uh, so, Vi, mm-hmm. let's talk about some of the – you've got something happening in December? Yes. What we're doing is that live stream, Sing Harlem. The name of our uh, professional group is called – sing Harlem, and we sing live uh, right here from the Mama Foundation, from a brownstone. So we say straight out of Harlem, live from the brownstone, sing Harlem. So, and they sing gospel, jazz, R&B, all of it, soul, 
And it, it, it's a wonderful taste of Harlem because I always thought Harlem was the music mecca of the world. And to hear these young people be singing like that, they're singing their face off. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So that's when? What's the, what's the date? What's the date that's that? December 6th, mm-hmm. Sunday mm-hmm. at 3 o'clock. You can join in. Um, we're on a, a looped.com. But you can go to our Facebook page or go to Sing Harlem and you can see that we are there and when we're there. So this is episode three and we plan to do four or five and keep it going. That's great. Now, uh, I, you and I, we've spoken before and you've told me that uh, some of these kids that come to your program over the years, uh, some of them are in, uh, in, in, in distress because of maybe their home life or maybe school life or maybe people in the neighborhood uh, are affecting them. But when they come, and some of them come with no confidence, and, but when they come to mama, uh, what, what, what do you do? How have they developed? How have they blossomed? You know, Keith, we say that mama means to nourish, encourage, and fine-tune. Now, foundation means to educate, experience, and gain access to opportunity. And so that's why Mama works the way we do. We think that these children are the future leaders of America. We think it's all about the young people. I believe the children are the future. And so we must give them the tools they need to be successful. And so we're more than a music program. We try to make a whole human being. So we give them the the sense of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And the music is a way uh, to exercise their vocal cords. And music, there's a science to music and music has this healing power. So it doesn't matter what happened to you in the past. It matters where you're going from there. And so we take a check right where they are, tell them to leave the baggage outside the door and get some of the information we're about to feed them. And what happens is they change. They become a different, they become confident, self-assured. 87% of our young people go on to higher education or to careers in the arts. So that's the work that we're doing. Noelle is my partner, co-founder, and she teaches them everything that she has learned from Manhattan School of Music and the American Dramatic and Music Academy. And so therefore, we can uh, feed these young people into successful human beings. Well, without uh, disclosing any names or anything like that, uh, uh, can you give us maybe an incident or two of how uh, you have changed the lives of not only the the actual students that come to you, but in doing so, you change the lives of their siblings because mm-hmm. now the siblings get to see that their other sibling is so productive and doing things. And then you change the lives of the family completely because now the parent can say things when they have conversation. Oh, my son is uh, in Mama, I want to sing. Or my daughter is in uh, Mama, I want to sing. Uh, right. 
Tell us a little bit about that real quick. Yes, it's really true. See, what we discovered, you know, like we are who we are from birth until the present moment. And sometimes we get some lumps and some bumps and kicks along the way. Sometimes we have young people who are absence of mothers and fathers or one or the other. Sometimes we have young people from foster homes. Sometimes we have young people who are homeless and they come in and they develop a talent and a skill. And, you know, there's uh, a number of young people who started one place and ended up in another. So one young lady came and she was so shy that she could melt into the wall. She was there for years before you could even know she was there. And then she came and we hired her uh, to be in the office. I want you to know that she wrote her essay about being part of the Mama Foundation for the Arts. She got accepted to Georgetown University. <laughs> she graduated from there after joining the acapella group at Georgetown. Then she went on to UCLA and law school, and she graduates this year, and she wants to be an entertainment attorney. <laughs> so Fantastic. those are the stories. Those are some happy endings. We have a number of stories. Young girl went on to... to um, Mm, that school in Atlanta for young for young girls. And she went there. They were singing different. So she said, that's not how we do it in Harlem. So she invited the whole class to Harlem to hear how we do it in Harlem. And <laughs> and she went on that NYU. And now she has a, a business administration, the business of music. Now, that's the kind of stuff we want to be talking about. Wow, that's incredible. Well, well, let me tell you how famous Mama is, okay? So I'm on the subway <laughs> one day going to uh, a, a doctor's appointment, uh, a, a follow-up checkup, and uh, I'm not feeling well on the subway. And I started to kind of bend over, holding my stomach and I'm leaning up against the subway door. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, I'm laying on the subway platform on my back. Mm. I'm waking up. I'm waking up. Okay. With uh, laying on the subway platform on my back and there are people standing over me. And it just so happens to be that there's a, a, a nice um, uh, person to my left and, and, and a nice woman to my right, uh, a nurse. And the guy that works for the MTA, he's standing above me and he wants to know my name and everything so that he can make his report. So I'm groggy and everything. And I'm, and I'm saying, oh, my name is uh, G. Keith Alexander. And the guy says, G. Keith Alexander? You mean G. Keith Alexander from the radio? I said, yeah. And he says, and, and you know Vi Higginson, right? I said, yes. Now I'm laying down there. I'm groggy and everything. <laughs> and, and, and he says, well, my daughter is, is sings with mom I want to sing. Now, everybody's gathered all around me. And, and he's talking and telling me all this. And I'm trying to figure out what the hell happened to me. But, <laughs> but right there, mom I want to sing. Mom I want to sing. It's sort of a metaphor for anybody who ever had a dream 
of doing anything other than what they're doing now. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an IT person. I want to be a sound man. You know, so mama, I want to sing. Now, back in the day when we were just, you know, starting out, we had no idea any of this uh, uh, was going to happen. I remember Frankie, in fact, right on Lenox Avenue now, which has changed, WBLS was right above where the Red Rooster is. Exactly. So, so we used to park our cars. Frankie used to park his, <laughs> his, his Rolls Royce out front. Behind Frankie, I had parked my, I had a Volkswagen Beetle that I had painted uh, silver from the hood to the trunk, and, and, and the doors were black, and I had put a Rolls Royce uh, uh, grill on, on the front of it. And and had a continental kit on the back, and so and then behind me, you parked your car. And uh-huh. You had a little Citron, I believe. A Citron, a Ducheval. <laughs> so, so the three of us would park our cars right there in front of where the Red Rooster is right now, and uh, we we thought we were like you know stars. Yes. You know. <laughs> of, of course, at that time, Frankie wore a fox coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'd ride in his roles, and and I, I couldn't afford a fox coat. Didn't know anything about fur, but a young lady had given me a hundred dollars and told me to go buy a fur coat. So I went to Alexander's and bought <laughs> and, and, and bought this rabbit coat for a hundred dollars. I had no idea that thirty days later the the, the hair would be falling off the coat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But we thought we were into something back then. Oh, it was so much fun. And the music was so good. You know, the, the greatest geniuses of all time. You know, I, I want to say greatest geniuses of all time. <laughs> I mean, if you talk about Stevie Wonder and Teddy Pendergrass and Quincy Jones and all of the greats that came through, Nick Ashman, Valerie Simpson, all the folks that we played on that radio station. That's right. Uh, and speaking of Stevie Wonder, you had a special relationship with Stevie Wonder, as I can remember. How did that happen? Don't go there. <laughs> he was a really good friend. Yeah. Uh, he, he did. Um, uh, he had this. He came out with this instrument that was new to everybody. I forget what oh, it was. Yeah. A synthesizer. A synthesizer. Yes. He was like one of the first people with the synthesizers. He changed and, music. He changed me, and he did our drops for us. Mm. Uh, the, how did he go? Uh, Bye, Higgins. Um. Right, right. There you go. Okay, all right. He I had wish one I could me. sing. He had one for me, one for Frankie, and, and all that. Yes, uh, Stevie uh, has been a good friend of uh, uh, the radio station and, 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 and us as well. In fact, uh, we wish him well. I understand he had a, a recent operation, but I, I guess he's recovering uh, very well. well. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, but um, so what else would you like to talk about that, uh, that we haven't uh, discussed? We've got uh, probably about uh, three minutes left to close. You know, Keith, you're a good interviewer. You're a good soul. Oh, I, thank you. I, I'm really happy to be your baby sister and you be my baby brother. <laughs> and right. we've been doing this for years now. <laughs> <laughs> no know. one knows who. Well, wait a minute. She's his, baby, she's his baby sister, but he's her baby brother. Well, so, who, who's, who, right. Who, 
And that's the good thing. <laughs> yes, that's the good thing. I want to remind people that uh, you can uh, please like and share and uh, subscribe to us. We're on Apple Podcast and Stitcher and Spotify and all of the popular uh, podcast uh, platforms. And uh, we're on every Friday from 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific. And uh, we'd love to have you join us and become part of Harlem America. Hey, you're hanging in the neighborhood. You know, hanging so in the neighborhood. no matter where you are, you're hanging in the neighborhood. And yes. uh, so, Vi, uh, we've got uh, less than three minutes. Uh, what else would, should we let folks know? You know, I just want to take a moment of gratitude. I want to take a moment of gratitude for Frankie Frock. You know, <laughs> I'm you, hearing Parker. this and my mouth is acting stupid. <laughs> 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 but I want to take a moment to thank Frankie Crocker and all of the staff people and the engineers from LIB to WBLS. I want to thank all of the people who were part of Mama, I Want to Sing and all the productions we have done from the cast, the band, the staff, the crew who ushered in this phase of African-American theater. And I want to thank all the young people who were part of the Mama Foundation for the Arts and who were able to learn and to grow and to become somebody. And so I want to thank my family and all my friends and a special thankful, thankful, <laughs> a special thank you to you, Gigi Alex. <laughs> There's an echo in my ears, so I'm messing up. <laughs> Let's have a thank you. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Well, hey, well, we've got less than uh, two. Uh, less than two minutes. And before we close, I just want to say that uh, if you go to HarlemAmerica.com and check us out and uh, I'd like for you to be able to uh, register for our email uh, list and you become part of the Harlem America Club where there'll be special privileges uh, and <clears throat> excuse me, and Harlem America supports all the small black businesses, all, all the businesses, period, but especially small black businesses here in Harlem, uh, because we know that you're going to need to be able to recover from this uh, COVID and uh, we're going to help you get fame, fortune and followers. That's what Harlem America Digital Network is all about. So I like it. Thank you. So uh, we're going to leave it here, Vi. I'm Keith yes. Alexander. Thank you so very much for Thank Vi you so much. coming to Harlem America. And uh, we want to remind you guys to uh, wear your masks, wash yes. your hands, stay six feet away from folks, and happy Thanksgiving. But please have a happy Thanksgiving where you won't have any regrets uh, later on. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Have a Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening. Oh.